God came to earth, what kind of things would he do? Well, John's gospel answers what God did do when he did come to earth. That's our subject of the day on The Bible Brief. The Gospel of John is much different from the other three Gospels that we've gone through so far. While Matthew, Mark, and Luke focus primarily on the humanity of Jesus, John wants us to look at the other important aspect to Jesus' identity. John wants us to know that Jesus is God. And John starts at the beginning. I mean, the beginning beginning. Think way back to when we discussed the first verse of the whole Bible. Do you remember what it was? In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. Now listen to the beginning of John's gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through Him, and apart from Him, not one thing was created that has been created. John's first words in his whole gospel are about the Word that he also calls a Him. Now, it won't surprise you to learn that when John says Word here, He's talking about Jesus. Now, if we look into the Greek that's been translated into our modern English here, we'll see that John actually uses the word logos here to translate into word in English. The best way to understand this odd way to talk about Jesus is this. That Jesus, as the word, himself is literally God embodying his message to humanity. A different New Testament book expresses it like this. It says, Long ago, God spoke to the ancestors by the prophets at different times and in different ways. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. Jesus, then, is the perfect communication of God to the world, because Jesus is God in human flesh. Okay, so that was rather technical, but it's important that we understand John's emphasis on the deity of Jesus, that is the fact that Jesus is God, so that we can properly understand his thematic focus through the remainder of the gospel. After the theme that Jesus is God, that we've already briefly explored, there are two other themes which are emphasized in John's gospel. First is that Jesus demonstrates that he is God, and second, that Jesus offers salvation to those who believe in him. So let's address the first theme. Jesus demonstrates that he is God. John structures a significant portion of his gospel account on certain signs that Jesus performs. These signs are essentially miracles, but we should note that John calls them signs on purpose. Signs point to a greater reality than the sign itself. Let's use an example. Jesus presents his first sign at a particularly joyous occasion. It's a wedding in a little town called Cana. However, something unfortunate happens at the party. The host runs out of wine to serve the guests. Jesus' mother comes to him and asks him to help, and he responds with his first sign. Let's read it from John chapter 2. Now six stone water jars had been set there for Jewish purification. Each contained twenty or thirty gallons. Fill the jars with water, Jesus told them. So they filled them to the brim. Then he said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the head waiter. And they did. When the head waiter tasted the water, after it had become wine, he did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. He called the groom and told him, Everyone sets out the fine wine first, and then after people are drunk, the inferior. But you have kept the fine wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee. He revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Notice what John says here right at the end. 
that in doing the first of these signs, Jesus revealed his glory. This phrase shows that Jesus was demonstrating his unapparent identity by performing a miraculous sign. While he looked like an ordinary person, the sign miracles in John's gospel prove that he was much more than that. These acts are signs that point to Jesus' identity, that Jesus is God in the flesh. John follows this sign up with five more miracles that he identifies through signs through the gospel. The second one, he heals a sick man. Then he heals a man who couldn't walk. He feeds 5,000 people. He heals a man born blind. And finally, he raises a dead man. While it may just sound like I went through a list of six miraculous signs, I want you to pause and think about it in this way. John has said that Jesus was the one through whom everything was created from the very beginning of his gospel, that Jesus is God himself. Now, if God became man, we should ask, should we expect anything other than Jesus himself? God created our bodies. Wouldn't he just fix them and heal them if we needed him to? God created the whole life cycle of all the foods we eat. Couldn't he just multiply food if people were hungry? And to cap it all off, God created life itself. Couldn't God raise his friend from the dead if his friend died? That's what John's doing. He's showing us that God, the creator of the universe and everything in it, has become a man, and his name is Jesus. And having established the deity of Jesus, John's other theme becomes all the more apparent. Since Jesus is God, you should believe in him to receive the eternal life that he offers you. In fact, he begins to wrap up his whole gospel account by expressing this as his very purpose. Listen to this from John chapter 20. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. John says that Jesus not only performed the signs that John wrote about, but that he did many more. It's not that Jesus limited his miracles to the signs recorded in John, but that John simply recorded them as examples of the many other signs that Jesus did as well. John wants us to know that there is ample proof that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and he spends his whole gospel essentially saying that we should believe, 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 that we should trust in Jesus as our Savior from our sins. In fact, John uses forms of the verb believe about a hundred times through the gospel. On average, that's about four times per chapter in the book. John won't have us miss this. The proper response to Jesus is believing in him. Now, in step eight of our 10 steps through the Bible, we talked about a famous conversation between a Jewish teacher named Nicodemus and Jesus. This famous conversation comes out of the Gospel of John, and I want to highlight the summary statements that Jesus makes at the end of the conversation, because it really highlights not only this believe theme of the Gospel of John, but also demonstrates John's urgency in calling his readers of his Gospel to believe. Jesus taught that people were only in one of two categories those who believe, and those who do not. Listen to this from John chapter 3. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only Son, that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Anyone who believes in him is not condemned, but anyone who does not believe is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world, 
and the people loved darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it, so that his deeds may not be exposed. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light, so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. The Gospel of John invites readers to switch categories. He wants people to love light instead of darkness. He wants people to come to the Son of God and find a life. He simply wants his readers to believe. This concludes our look at the Gospels for this week, and we're going to move into our jog through the Bible next week, which will be at a slower pace than our 10-step run-through. For our new listeners, we'd recommend going through those 10 steps before starting our jog through with us next week. We will be continually referring to what we've already learned in our run-through. We're also going to shift our cadence a bit next week. We're going to shift this show from a Monday through Friday to a Monday through Thursday cadence. We've noticed a wonderful level of engagement from our listeners. But we've seen in our analytics and through conversation with listeners that it's easy to fall behind. So because learning is the goal of this podcast, we're going to shift to Monday through Thursday to make it easier to stay with us. We can't wait to start our jog through the Bible with you next week. But in the spirit of the Gospel Week, where we've been looking at the good news prepared by various writers, these Gospels that demonstrate to readers that Jesus is God and the Messiah, we have to ask you a question that John would want us to ask. Do you believe? Are you enjoying the podcast? Leave us a five-star review on your podcast app. It will help people discover the Bible brief and be exposed to the life-changing story and message of the Bible. Thank you for helping us grow. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2022.